Howdy, everybody out there. This is Big Beefin'. This is JP, and I am one-third of that Big Beefin' show. This is Aaron Rollins. What's doing, boy? Now, you may be asking, what is Big Beefin'? Well, the answer is quite simple. Big Beefin' is... That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> you stop listening halfway through. I knew you were podcasting. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's his goddamn yard, and he put the property tax on a damn thing. And he said, wait a minute, Rollins. You got to be smarter than a fucking average bear. And I looked at him. I said, that goes both ways, buddy. And he kept talking. I just left. <laughs> average bear. That's a, that's a yogi. Yogi bear, right? Isn't that... It's a Yogi Bear reference, but that's not the fucking point, man. There, the, there, there's dark matter. Is there light matter? Well, that would just be normal matter. Like all uh, all of our normal matter would be the stuff that's not dark matter or dark energy. Uh, um, in quantum in quantum physics, and this is going to be a fucking terrible description of quantum physics. But you know how you know how you have a light switch. You have a light switch. Yeah. So quantum physics is basically if your light switch was on and off at the same time. What the fuck? That's quantum physics. So that's bullshit. If, Aaron, are you okay? Did, didn't you tell that one yesterday? I just told that one yesterday. Like, Aaron, are you okay? That he states that Bigfoot is there in plain sight. You just choose not to see him. <laughs> that's not what I meant, damn it. Fuck you. Never mind. Never fucking mind, John. You don't want to fucking walk your fat ass and don't walk. There you go. See? That is. <laughs> no. Uh, no beat to drop. So let's get right to this. Hello, my name is JP. No need for no MC. I've been keeping it real since 1983. <laughs> just, just enjoy the show. Oh, you know him. You love him. It's that big beefing show. We've arrived. We have arrived. Well, I, I think we're still showing up. I don't think we have arrived yet. I think we're oh. still like in the parking lot pulling out. You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. We're, we're, we're pulling we're, out the parking lot. Well, yeah, we're getting there though. You know what? We're in the car. We're moving. We just haven't That's gotten the main there. Thing, though. I mean, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Mister Nick yeah, taught us that. So, so what was the? Uh, where's your belief chain? The unmovable object or the unstoppable object? Which one's gonna give? I I think I think. So it's the, I think the immovable object will give, I think if you hit anything hard enough, eventually it's going to break. I don't, so that's like, you know, is it better to have offense or defense? I think offense is always better. I think I, I, I probably said it wrong. The, the unstoppable object versus the immovable object, right? Yeah. So basically it's like the juggernaut versus the blob. Um, you know, the blob's mutant ability is he can't be moved. And the juggernaut's mutant ability, well, he's not really a mutant, but, you know, whatever his power is, is that he can move anything. So when they hit, you know, you think what's going to happen, and usually, you know, it's just a stalemate. But I think in nature, I think it's always the, uh, I think it's always the, I think it's always that irresistible force. I think it's just the, the constant drive. I don't think anything just stays put forever. I think eventually well, something comes along around and can move it. What what's that uh, that old Mulan uh, movie that the 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 uh, the, the, uh, the emperor goes? No matter how bad the wind blows, the mountain will never bow. Yeah, which is that it was a riddle uh, I think in Lord of the Rings too. But the truth is, the mountain does eventually bow. It just takes millions and millions of years. You know, I mean, you have to look at the big picture it, it takes so long where it's like it's not even worth mentioning because it's like well what's the fucking point nobody's going to be around to see that but eventually the mountains will they'll either the wind will either erode them away or they'll they'll fill up or there'll be new mountains or you know all kinds of crazy shit can happen in in the end everybody bends a knee yeah <laughs> that, now that's more like it you know i mean that's just how it is everything everything changes and so that's why the only thing that doesn't change is death that's the only thing that's unchanging is death. I mean, that's always going to happen. So that's the one thing that you can't move, or at least we haven't figured out how to do that yet. Yes. Yeah. 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 There's some people trying. There's some really rich people that are trying to do it. Like that guy who uh, runs Amazon, he's trying to. Well, well, well uh, real quick side note, Shane, because I was doing I was doing this when I got home. Waterworld is an awful movie. Mm. Why do I have to watch it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's because it's an apocalypse movie, and it's different. You know, instead of the desert or the well, wasteland, it's in the ocean. The, the point that I'll get is, 
human. There's almost no more human life, but you still find a way to hate somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? Like I mean, he's a, mut- he's a mutant. He's alive. Who cares? He's a mutant. Y'all just clearly just said like <laughs> ten minutes ago. Y'all were inbreeding. Y'all just said that. Yeah. But you mad about a mutant though? That shit makes no sense. <laughs> you gotta keep those bloodlines pure, even when there's only ten of y'all left. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> it makes no sense, you know. Well, <laughs> I think there's some basis in reality. I mean, throughout human history, we've pretty much always been warring with each. I mean, has there ever been a time where humans around where they weren't killing one another just because uh, they're different? You know, I don't know. Oh, let's let's get let's ask Aaron real quick. I know we're going back to it, Aaron. What's gonna move? An immovable object or an unstoppable object? Uh, okay, so you're going with that whole an immovable force meets an unstoppable object yes. thing. Um, so, uh, the brain teaser for you. So, I, I guess you're you're in a conundrum because. The, the definition of those two adjectives, unmovable and unstoppable, if they were to come against each other, then you can't possibly predict an outcome because for something to meet its <coughs> antithesis, so for a force that is unstoppable to meet an object that is unmovable, it, it can't happen, okay? That, that can't – that something like that can't, can't occur because if – an unstoppable force meets an unmovable object, then one of those items is not what it's described as. So if you have an unstoppable force meeting an object and it doesn't move, then that force is an unstoppable. And if you have an unmovable object and a force meets it and it does move, then it's not unmovable. So someone's going to be lying. Someone's a liar. He's on the yeah. well, I think it's more like, you know, it's, it's, there's always a bigger dog or there's all, you know, I mean, eventually, something will come along and move that fucking object, you know, and there'll be something that, that, that won't be able to be moved. I mean, it's back and forth. There's always one to one up the other. But like I said, death is the one thing that never changes. So <laughs> Superman, uh, Superman solved the riddle, Shane. They both yeah. Now that's, that's someone, that's an example of a being who's so, so powerful. He can be both. You can't move him and he can move anything he wants. Well, then that's not exactly true because if you have kryptonite, then he becomes, you know, weak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's under best case scenario, best case conditions. But, well, anyway, so we're done with that. Shane, yeah, Waterworld. What an awful movie, but I can't stop watching it. I had to watch the whole damn thing. You know, I know it's an awful movie. <laughs> I just think, I think it'd be awful just to be surrounded by water the whole time. Well, I mean, you'd get used to it, you know. No, Shane, that'd be my hell, Shane. That'd be my personal <laughs> hell. It's grabbing water. That is hell to me, Shane. You personal hell. You don't think you'd like it on the island? Hell. No, 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 no. I'm on a boat, just surrounded by water. I'm on a boat. Hell, Polly Island too, Shane. If I go to Hawaii, well, this is my hell. Stuck somewhere. I can't move around, but one point to the other right there. Mm. Which someone would say, saying same thing. You, well, you go, you go one side of the United States, the other side. You're still on the island, technically. Well, want uh, split hairs like that, you know. Well, the difference is, is that it's the immediacy. I mean, you're not right there in the water right now. I mean, it's a huge distance. It's not something you see in the background on a regular basis. Now, if I was uh, Tom Hanks on Castaway, oh yeah, Shane, I'm in hell. <laughs> this is hell, guys. Just. just... Right by fucking water, right here. <laughs> yeah, that was a good movie, though. I liked it. It was so good. Man, just, God, it must fucking suck. <laughs> no one to talk to you but yourself the whole time. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, sure at, I'm sure Daniel I'm, would love it, you know. Oh, that'd be Daniel's Paradise? Paradise. Michael. Yeah. Michael, yeah, Michael, yeah. Just talk to a ball. Michael probably start hating the ball, getting jealous of the ball anyway. <laughs> Knowing Michael, start getting jealous of it. <laughs> like, you think you're so special? Just sitting over there being a goddamn ball. Yeah, so round. All yeah, round. You're perfectly round. You're perfect. <laughs> look, how about draw? Uh, uh, would you think he would just go crazy? He start throwing faces on. Like, look, today you're upset. You're mad today. So now I get to ask you why you're mad all day, and you don't tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 
I think when you're on an island, I mean, that's inevitable. You're going to lose your shit. You know what? I have, a, I have a feeling that we're making this bigger than what it is. Michael wouldn't be doing all this shit. <laughs> He'd be no, crying and trying to get home. Well, I mean, you, you go through a cycle, right? I mean, even in, in Castaway, I mean, he went through that too. He went for what, you know, you, you get to where you're like, okay, I'm done bitching and moaning. Now, what do I need to do to survive? No, he's just going to bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you do that, though, you'll die eventually. Well, but yeah. that sounds like Michael, though. No, someone will come for me. He's going to wait here. Someone will come for me. When you're in those situations, you got to make a decision. You got to start moving. You know, you can't just sit there. You got to got to do something. It's like on uh, Lord of the Flies, you know, those kids, they were like, okay, we need to try to signal for help. We need to get a camp. And then this other kid was like, no, fuck that. Let's just hunt and live in the island. And you end up going to war because you have two ideologies. Going to fucking war. That's what they did. They killed me. Them kids were killing each other. Best friend is killed by a damn rock. A fucking rock. It's it's just funny that it's funny to think of that. The fucking kids killing each other, going to war, tribal warfare. Yeah, that Simon kid was coming back to tell him he had found that glow stick or whatever. He'd found the pilot or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, they murdered that kid because they thought he was a fucking monster. Yeah, they killed that, you know? And and I remember reading that in the book, and it said the ocean slowly, you know, carried him in and carried him back out like it was taking a deep breath. It's like, shit, man. What do you think? What do you think that soldier was thinking? Hey, what the hell? What are you, what are your kids doing? I think I think he was delirious. If I'm not mistaken, he had some kind of he got sick. He got some kind of infection while he was there. Oh, you're talking about the guy who landed at the end? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, what the truth? What do you? Does, does the book explain in the end what happens? Like they're saved and they gotta go back and tell everybody what happened, or it just ends? No, there? It, it ends there. It ends with the guy showing up, but it's yeah. like. It's more than just one. It's like a whole Marine battalion like shows up to the island. So let's let's do a scenario. What happened? Let's do a scenario. What happened? Shane you, or Aaron, you're both arrived on the island by a bunch of kids, and they tell you what happened. What do you do? That one kid, uh, it wasn't Jack. What was the name of the what, – no, Jack. Jack was, it was Jack and Ralph. Ralph was the one that had the level head, let's get for help. Jack was the one that was like, we're going to hunt and live off the island and fuck going back to – civilization because it sucks yeah it sucks back there yeah and uh i think what's going to happen is because everybody had aligned with jack by the end of that movie i think they're going to get on the boat and then while they're on the boat the soldiers will be talking to each other and then jack will look around and he'll say everybody keep your fucking mouth shut about everything that happened just tell them <laughs> right here to the island and think things went bad and we lost some ones but don't say anything about what happened and i think they'll all pretty much play ball I think everybody would keep their mouth shut. But nothing was in self-defense. They freaked out one time, killed that one kid, and they just killed a kid because he just, I don't know. Why yeah, why I mean, P- P- Piggy was straight up murdered. They just murdered that kid. Yeah. Dropped a rock on his fucking head, you know. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Um, they weren't thinking. They just wanted to kill his ass. Yeah, so, you know, and that's, that's what you said. That's going back to what you said earlier, John. They wanted to kill because because he was different. You know, he was smarter than the rest of them, but he was also fat, and you know, he complained a lot, and he couldn't see because he didn't have his glasses, and yeah, they killed they his ass for it just because yeah, he was different. His, they needed his glasses because we're stuck on fire. Yeah, uh, he had the he had the weapon. He had all the he had all the keys to their survival, but his his downfall was he was fat. So it's like he can save you. He's smart enough to figure this shit out. He's got the tools, and you kill him because he looks different than you. I mean, that's human nature. That's perfect. That's a perfect allegory for the human condition is you look different than me. So fuck you. You're dead. Uh, and I'm going to steal your shit. Cause I need it. <laughs> the, the world keeps rolling. Shane. The world keeps rolling. Yeah. And, and it did, you know, it kept moving. Uh, things kept going. And uh, I think, you know, I think when they got, I think as they grew older, I think they would have problems. And since uh, in the movie, they were ROTC. I'm sure some of them would go on to the military and, the trauma would continue, um, you know, and I think some of them would just probably go home and be thieves or drug dealers or whatever, you know. I mean, I, I don't see any of those kids getting off that island and just becoming successful people. I think someone, that, someone well, the survivor, I would like to think. Uh, do what? The one that survived? The one kid that it was, you know, yeah, he might have a normal You mean Ralph, the, the leader? Yeah, he, the, no. The, the, yeah, the the one that was uh, running from the the fucking yeah. uh, 
Now, right. Ralph, but, yeah, but then again, he's got so much drama, you know, and he's seen. Now, this is somebody who's experienced what the raw, brutal violence of humanity. I mean, he's just, he's experienced it firsthand and all rational and reasoning and everything that he was taught to, to understand and respect. It all was thrown to shit because Jack said, fuck it all, you know, fuck the system. And he was facing the anarchy and anarchy won. I mean, you know, it, it, so I don't know. You know, I don't know if growing up that would affect him. You know, would he eventually go to Jack's side and say, you know, the system, it's, it's pointless to try to go against the chaos? I don't know. They tried to play ball for a little bit. Like, okay, guys, we'll follow the rule book. Eh, you know what? Ralph and I, well, just, it was, well, Ralph was the oldest, so that's why he was in charge right off the bat. And I think if, and I think in the story he was the highest-ranking member. Like, in the, in the book, in the Roger, really? In the book, they were in a choir. Um, they weren't ROTC. In the movie, they were ROTC. And the reason why they did that is so they could kind of explain, you know, why they had some basic survival skills. Like a bunch of choir boys would be fucking dead, you know. So they had choir to boy, choir boy. <laughs> yeah, they, had, they had to change it up a little bit. And, and I think in the movie, he was just the highest ranking out of all of them. So that's why he took commands, you know, and he, he got the conch. And that was his thing. You got the conch and you can speak. And fucking conch. Yeah. I had the conch. Yeah. I get to speak, man. Fuck your conch, man. Well, they, eventually, eventually it lost its power, you know. Eventually they were like, because Jax was so into anarchy, it was just fuck it all, you know. Yeah, he's just like, I don't care fuck about what you're saying or what you're doing. Get out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? The shitty thing about that is high school really ruined that fucking book. Like, it's a good book and it's a good movie. But when you're having to do vocabulary words and try to answer what this means and what was the symbolism and identify the allegories, that, that fucking ruins it. Why can't we just enjoy the damn story for what it is, you know? Just a good story. I, I, I wouldn't know what to do, Shane. If I, like, I woke up tomorrow on a desert island. If I, was, like, if I woke up on an island that, uh, Tom, that uh, Tom Hanks was stranded on, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do first thing to do. I wouldn't well, know. Well, you saw you saw the movie, so that would give you some clues on what to do. You know, you gotta... basically, basically, my whole survival skills off movies and what I've seen on the History <laughs> Channel right now. Like, all right, what did that Jack? What did that bear guy said? What what I got on me? What do I gotta do? You know, what's around well, me? You know. Okay, so the first thing you got to do when you're in that situation, and Aaron, you can chime in at any point. The first thing you got to do is get water. I mean, that's that's key. You have to find fresh water because if you don't find fresh water, you're dead in three days. I mean, that's just going to happen. You're just going to die. So whether it's drinking your own pee or whatever you got to do, you got to find water, and that's got to be a priority. Um, so I guess if you're on an island, what you can do is you can uh, dig a little hole in the uh, in the sand and set down some plastic and try to get like a cistern, like where you, you capture either the dew or condensation from the morning, something like that. Or you try to find it, you know, maybe it's in a plant or maybe it's a big enough island where there's like a river or something. You can get water from that or a, a small little pond or you catch rainwater. You know, you got to you got to get water first. Uh, so what environment are we talking about for survival? Well, that's the thing. It's, it's just, you know, a tropical island. It would be the. OK. Yeah. And then, and then after after you got your water situation fixed, then you got to find food. And, you know, whether that's fruits or, or nuts or you know animals or fish you got to find out a steady system for food so you got water you got your food then the next thing is shelter because humans we just can't exist in the elements we just can't sit there people literally die from what's called exposure from just being out in the open they'll just die they can't we're not made to survive like that we're not like dogs like a dog can just live outside and be fine but people can't People live outside and they fucking die. That's why homeless people look like they've been through shit because they have no shelter, you know? Yeah. Have you ever seen a homeless person that looked like, you know, fucking he was on top of his game? I mean, they nope. all look like nope. life has kicked them in the ass. <laughs> um, so then it's shelter. So then you got, you got your water, your food, your shelter. And then after that, you're just trying to stay alive so you can get help, you know? And, and Tom Hanks, what he did is he got fucking tired of it. So he started building the raps and he was like, I'm going to fucking... The only way I'm going to get help is if I get out of here. And that was his solution. I don't know if that was the best way to go about it, but it ended up working out for him. 
Yeah, I don't know if I can Gilligan that shit to make a, a bamboo boat. Hope that shit works. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know. You, I think he, but in the movie he did trial and error, right? Like he did like a branch at a time. And at first he started making it like a little board. Once he got a board, then he could make it a little bit bigger. And then he get a bit more confident in his skills. And then eventually, you know, he was trying to crash out, you know, trying to get out in the ocean. And he couldn't make the – the problem was his craft wasn't built to get out of the uh, – The reef. The waves. The reef. The way, yeah. And eventually he got out, though, and, uh, you know, got rescued. Uh, my well, only thing on that movie was the, uh, the scene where he uh, hit himself in the face with the uh, – Ice skate to knock his tooth out. He had a bad toothache. What, what do you want to do, Shane? You can't. I, well, I think you could. I think you could just wait it out. I think eventually it would have stopped. I don't know if it. But then again, I mean, if he's just feeling, it, he's like, "Fuck it, I can't deal with this." And I guess you're in survival mode, and you can't figure out how to survive when you're in so much pain. I could see why he would do it, but I don't know if that's the wisest way to go about it. What's the, what's the easiest way to make a fire, Aaron, and in, 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 out in the elements, and you have nothing. He's not. He's not there. Uh oh, he leave. Did he get out? Uh, I don't know. He'll he'll join back in. Um, Let's see. I need to make a fire. What embarrassing! I like. I tried the Tom uh, Hanks thing. Just break a twig in half a little bit and just rub that, that shit. That's <laughs> actually the hardest way to do it because that's, that's just you got to know what you're doing, and it's very hard to do. What you want to do is find something that can reflect the sun. Like I mean, in Lord of the Flies, it was Biggie's glasses. But if you could, I think in that movie. I think he had something. He had like a compass or a watch oh, or something like he that. He had the um, he had the flashlight. He could take the yeah, glass. Yeah, so you take the little glass that. from the flashlight, and you. Someone you said reflect. that. I remember that yeah. he had plenty of tools. The flashlight. He had to go through all that effort. Take the glass out of the flashlight. Like oh, yeah. the, uh, it's right there in front of him. You know. Yeah. So you you got to check your now. Worst case scenario, yeah, you're you're rubbing sticks together until you can get enough friction to cause a spark, and hope that it ignites the kindling. But, uh, you know, you're looking at hours and hours and hours of you rubbing that fucking stick together trying to get it to work. And you got to get it just perfect to get the spark. I mean, it's got to be perfect. And uh, I, I don't know how to do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to start a fire that way. We got to try that one day, Shane. That's our YouTube video. We'll try, I want to spend 10 minutes to try a lot of fire with just two sticks and see what happens. Yeah, give it a shot, man. Do the fire stick challenge. I guess try to find some instructional videos that show you how to do it and then see if you can recreate that. But I remember as kids, you know, just fucking around because we were bored back in this, you know, this was pre-internet days when we had to entertain ourselves with sticks. We okay. talked about yeah. this on a previous yeah. episode. Yeah, that's how we entertained. We, so we would try to make fire with sticks and we yeah. never fucking, we never got anywhere. Never? We, did you try the twirling? The twirling on the other Oh, stage? yeah. Yeah, we did all that bullshit. We did everything you're supposed to do. We even... You know, where you, you put the little notch in the one stick, then you put the other stick in it, and you rub it, and you, and you stick little pieces of dry leaves and shit in there, and dry grass blades, and none of that shit worked. We could never got, you know, you just can't do it. If you don't know what the fuck you're doing, even if you know what you're doing, it's hard to do. I'll put Man, it that way. Aaron was here. He could tell us, no, there's a way you can do it, you know, but not in here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like to... you got to have some dry, dry kindling on it, you know, that's what catches it, and you know, I'm sure, you know, but like I said, now I got to look it up now. How to make a fire with just two sticks and, you know, nothing special. Let's see what it does. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure that's a, there's some podcasts out there where there people talk about survival skills. Might be something worth tuning in and listening to uh, just in case you're ever in that situation. Or, you know, you know, I, you know when you, get, they, they say that you never know when you're in that situation. Like, okay, what do I have right now? You know what you could do? Right if you could do is you could get a just go online and print up like a, a a manual, like a survival manual that'll print onto two sheets of paper, like front and back, and just print it off, fold it up, keep it in your wallet, and if you ever need it, you got the survival guide right there. <laughs> just just name it. So you're fucked. <laughs> there was a guy, you know, have you heard of the uh, story of Robinson Crusoe? Sounds familiar. I appreciate you telling me a little more. He'll pop in my head. So basically, Robinson Crusoe is the first fictional character that gets lost on an island. Like way back in the day, like this is back in the the book was written in the 1700s and it's based off of a real guy who really was stranded on an island for like seven years. And so his story is it's fucking fascinating. I've read I've read it like three or four times just trying to understand what he went through. So this guy, he was on a boat 
and uh, you know, back in the days when England was, you know, sailing around the world and shit and taking over everything, and they were at war with Spain. Sounds about and, right. Yeah, so he's on this boat, and uh, they come to this island in South America, and he's, he he knows the conditions are bad, and he doesn't want to get off. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to continue. So he tells the captain. I can't continue this mission with you. It's too dangerous. And the captain says, okay, uh, if you leave, we're not coming back to get you. So you either go along with us or you stay here on the island. And the guy says, well, then I'll stay here on the island. So they threw his ass off the boat and he was on the island for the next seven years until they finally came back to get him. Um, and during that time, you know, all he had with him, all they let him take was his clothes that he had on him and the Bible. And that's all he had. And that man lived in, in on the island with just his clothes and a Bible for the next seven years. And uh, basically, he lived off of uh, goats. And, you know, he, he got to where he could, um, he got where his feet got so thick at the bottom, he could just run across the rocks without having any problems. Uh, he got to where he could climb up in trees real good. Uh, he, he had a system down for hunting and, you know, all that shit. And when they finally found him, he, he, he was speechless. Like, he didn't know what to say. It had been so long since he'd seen anybody. He didn't think it was real, you know. And he, he thought it was just a dream. And uh, then he went back, and he just led a normal life after that. So he went, he went like, what do they call it? He went feral, you know, yeah. out there? Yeah, I mean, he, he had a, they said he had a huge beard. His skin was dark and cracked because of the sun. Um, you know, his hair was all long and unkept. He he made a um, he made a hat out of leaves to like protect him from the sun, and his clothes had all worn away. So he was using like uh, goat skin hide and, and and moss stuff to like give him some shelter on his skin. And he was barefoot, and uh, he just looked like a rough man, you know. Just, just living. What he look? Sound like he was just living a life then, Shane. Just, hey guys, go, just go. I'm dying. I'm done. You know. I'm well, fine. I think you get lonely. I mean, I think after a while you want to talk to somebody. You know. <laughs> He didn't have a Wilson. <laughs> nah, shame be on that island balling. Well, y'all get away. Don't come back. <laughs> y'all get out of here. Living the hermit life. Get on out of here. <laughs> it's like those uh, that island, that one island where that dude got killed a few months ago. You know, they don't like I visitors. Still, I still want to say, Shane, that you know, I know it's, it's it's rude to his family, but hey, you made that choice to go on that island when they told you. Don't go on this island. You made that choice. Yeah, you the government was pretty clear. It's a no-go. You don't go they there. They've never seen an Asian man in their life, and there you are, Asian it up on their island, you know, <laughs> and what happened? Oh, this guy looks funky and weird. We better kill it. <laughs> That's what happened to him. Well, I you think... Do you guys remember that book, The Hatchet? What was it? The book, The Hatchet. It's called The Hatchet. It's about a kid that survives in the wilderness and the government takes an interest in him because he survived for so long with only a hatchet. No, I never read that one. Is it really good? Oh, it's really good. He's a kid, man. He's a teenager. He's like 12 or 13. Ain't really? Yeah. Huh? I'm about to check that one out. How old is that book? If you got a chance. How old is it? What were you going to say, Shane? Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, the Indian thing. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, like those those islanders. Um, the last time they had contact with civilization, it went bad for them. Somebody got sick, and they don't have any immunity to diseases, so it's easy for them to die um, if they get sick. We were, we were saying, Aaron, um, how to who can make a fire faster? And we're like we think Aaron will make a fire faster with two sticks than we could, you know. If it was that easy, Aaron, to make a fire with two sticks, I don't even know if I could. Like, I would have to watch a lot of videos. Cracking the sticks because it grabs him too hard and keeps on using the wrong type of wood. He gets a couple of twigs and thinks that rubbing a twig together will make the fire. <laughs> That's so what I'm saying. This is giving me an idea right now. If you want to do something funny, you need to make a YouTube series of your survival skills. 
showing people how to live in the fucking wild. No, how to how to do it wrong. How to how to not to live in survival. Well, it's called satire, John. He'd be making a satire video. Well, eventually, how- what you would do is you'd get so frustrated trying to do it, you would just cheat and you'd get a fucking lighter and be like, "That's how you do it, folks." <laughs> This you make a video of you on YouTube trying to survive in the wilderness. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Like you're in the woods. You're like we gotta go through these woods. We gotta find food. You break their woods with Arby's. Look, a wild Arby's. They'll <laughs> <laughs> just be in the park in my neighborhood. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of turtles down there, though. I could I could try to hunt a turtle. Hunt a turtle? Have you ever eaten a reptile before, an amphibious creature? I don't think I'd eat it. I might get in trouble if I kill it and eat it. <laughs> so you know you're going to you just pick it up. I got it. All right, there you go. Catch release. Then. <laughs> yeah, the cops show up. Hey, man, can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. There you go. There you go, little guy. As long as you know, I could have ate you. <laughs> You've been dinner if I had to. Yeah, that's what, just to say how to survive, how to catch the turtle. Those things are fierce, though, man. You got to be careful on them fucking turtles, man. They get all of your hands. That's game man. over for your finger. We fucked around with a snapping turtle one time, and that fucker bit a, a, a stick in half. We ran away. <laughs> Once again, our childhood defined by sticks. Yeah, you know? fucking with stick. That stick chain is a spear, <laughs> is a sword. You know, is uh, you know, like, I don't know what else it could be. A uh, torture device, a trap, yeah. a trick. I mean, everything. Yeah. Fucking you sticks. Know, you can play. It, you can bang on drums, make music out of them. Oh, the I mean, uh. It, Dennis the Menace, what do you have? A stick, Shane, rubber band on it. Boom. Weapon. Yep. yep. I mean, so. sticks were life growing up, man. It's something our kids are going to take for granted. They don't have sticks. You know, <laughs> they got technology. That'd be weird. I'm not going to grow up in a neighborhood that doesn't have, you know, we, we didn't have woods in our hometown, but you could see, like, different little lots had plenty of trees in it and bushes and stuff where they could play, like, pretend games and crap. I want I want my kids to grow up in a place like that. Sticks. Look, look, you know what this is? You know what this is, son? It's a stick, Dad. Yes. Awesome. Go fishing for like those little uh, mud bugs that live in the ditches and stuff, crawdads or crawfish or whatever. Yeah. You know, that was, I wasn't ever any good at it, but it was cool to see those animals and like go looking for frogs and all that stuff. I'm, I, I only still remember the one time we were playing basketball and a crawdad was, was crawling across the our court, and Daniel just like pounced on it like a cat and cooked it and ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Dinner time. Like what? It was a, it was a pretty yep. good size one. They were like, "Oh man, you made a mistake, brother." You made. Well, he told me at that point he'd been seeing them cook crawdads at work, and he was like, "Well, this is easy. I can do this." You know. All he did, all he did, Shay, was throw in some water, a little salt, pepper, a little seasoning. Boom, cooked them up. That was it. Done. Yeah, I mean, you get the tail meat out. It got, it's got a good, good little bit of meat on there. And Dale just ate it up. Dale just yeah. ate it up. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah, I like crawdads. I like a good crawdad boil every now and then. Oh, Shane, you remember our cousin Beth? Yeah. She just sent me a friend request on Facebook. Yeah, I accepted it, too. It's, it's really her. It's legit. Well, I wasn't worried about that. I was worried if she was, you know, in her right state of mind. <laughs> For her now. But this yeah. ain't her, this, I, I'm gonna bet money this ain't the first time she sent you a Facebook friend request. It's a whole new profile. Yeah, you want to you want to talk about that? I want to tell you this: Matthew Reed, my my friend that I've known since I was probably six years old, sends me a new profile friend request update or a new phone number once a month. <laughs> the once a fucking month, man. He's yeah. making a new Facebook page and he's giving me a new phone number. I give him shit about it all the time. He's trying to get I said, well, I want to accept this, man, because you're going to just make a new one next month. And he laughs about it, too, thinks it's funny. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's a good way. If you never, you don't want anybody to get a hold of you, I guess that's a good way to be. Damn. Well, no, that, doesn't, that doesn't make no sense, man. He, he reaches out to me to keep in touch with me, but he makes a new profile to do it. Oh, I got I to gotta make a new profile. Somebody hacked my stuff. No, motherfucker. Nobody hacked your shit. You're not that important. You're not some, you know, multi six figure salary type of guy. There's no reason for anybody to hack your information. Well, well, no, I mean, actually, I mean, people hacked just just for the fuck of it. They don't. There's not. There's not a reason behind it. People just hack because they like to hack. Um, yeah, but with him though, I think the thing is, he, he just talks to you because he knows you'll listen. That's why. That's the only reason why he talks to you. 
Like, Dude, he worked um, as a truck driver for four months and went back to working on the railroad. And four months, he went through a college – or not a college. He went through a school that cost him like three or $4,000 to go through, signed on an agreement and everything. And what happened? Four months later, he's working somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I mean, is the grass always greener? I mean, it, and, you know, some people are just never going to be happy. No matter what you do. He's running from job to job. I don't get it. I understand uh, why he keeps he on moving. child support or something. Um, yeah, yeah, he does. And come to think of it, he actually does. He does? But he, he... I was going uh, to call my dad the other day. Then I remember. I don't know where he's at. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. John. such a. That's rough. That was right there. Uh, we, me and Aaron, we know where our dad is. I mean, it's well, not a great yeah. place, but we know where he's That's at. What... At least you know. Go. Go. <laughs> yeah, I think he. Uh, I think he's wanting to call you sometime, Aaron. If he gets his phone set up to where he can call you. Yeah. He keeps on writing me letters, but I keep on sending them down and forgetting about them. Oh, yeah. I put money on the account, though. I make sure that I always send him a, a note that says I love him. Well, that's nice of you. I was going yeah. to that I love him. By the way, where is that? <laughs> is, is your yeah. dad dead or something? Don't no. Know. No, he <laughs> came. Actually, Aaron, uh, John and Daniel's dad came in the picture for a little while a few years ago. Oh, man, that went horribly wrong. Horribly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Horribly wrong. That wasn't no loving moment. No, they went horribly wrong. What'd you say when you first saw him, John? What'd you, what was the what were the words? What what you did? Uh, you know, same thing. Polite, I was polite, and you know everything. I was like, How you doing? Nice to meet you. You know, it's kind of fucked up. Nice to meet you, but <laughs> you know, I was polite. How you doing? Nice to meet you. You know, yeah. You know, I'm that guy. You know, you're that guy. I'm that guy. You're that guy. All right. You know. I now, doesn't he? Doesn't he have another family though? Doesn't he have like another wife and kids? I believe that my but someone told me, I think it was my grandma on on my dad's side told me uh that I had a um a half brother on, on that on his dad's side. I had a half brother. So you got a brother out there. Somewhere. Brother, <laughs> another mother. Literally a brother, another mother out there. Um but you know, me and Dale never really pushed the issues so or we didn't really try to reach out for I'm sure one day, you know. Couple of years from now, we'll get over it. You know, we'll talk to each other. You know, but my dad, you know, I, I know. Go we'll talk to Mac about your dad. He's a grown child. He just, he's a bitcher. He just bitches about everything. You know, so I like, oh, this ain't gonna work out, brother. You know, you bitch about everything under the sun, and nothing was your fault. He's solid. It, it just didn't work out. Yeah, you get tired of hearing about that shit after a while. He, you know, he was, you know, he, he was always bitching, but it's always someone else's fault. Like, all right, Dad, good, good to know you, Dad. This is uh, not going to work out. <laughs> well, sometimes, I, you know, in those kind of conversations, it's like, okay, let's just get past that. You know, it is what it is, and let's just move on. You know. Yeah. No. Like, yeah, I can't talk to Dad for more than like ten or twenty minutes at a time. I just yeah. want to tell him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's how it goes. Oh, yeah, we tried that. I, you know, I tried. I ain't gonna lie. I tried to get with Dad. Hey, okay. Call Dad once a week. You know, be polite, but goddamn, it just <laughs> sour every goddamn. There was a while, Shane, that um, when I was still in Corsicana, I would go and see Dad, and I'd sit with him for like an hour at a time, and we'd watch a little TV, and I'd tell him I'd got to leave, and he's like, "Oh, you ain't got anywhere to go." Uh, well, no, I don't. I don't want to sit around you. Is I, I wouldn't say that though. Man. I mean, but that was really what I was doing. He'd be like, "No, nah, you don't need to. Be, you don't need to go anywhere." I'm like, "Yeah, I do need to go somewhere, asshole." <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think he understands that you can't just. You can't just chill, you know. You got to go do shit. You got to, you got to live in the world, you know. You can't just hang out. I knew a guy. Uh, he worked at HEB with us. His favorite thing to do, he would go home, get a beer in his recliner, and just look at his fish tanks. That was his, that was his thing. He had three fish tanks, one on each side. His couch in the middle, his chair in the middle. Boom, that's it. He's done. That's all he needs to do. Just look at his fish tanks. <laughs> that was his thing. Yep. yep. Some people, you know, that's that's how it is. He he collected fish and he just liked looking at his fish swim around, make sure they're clean, looks tanks look nice, you know, clear. That was it. That was it, Shane. Well, 
You uh, you remember that movie, uh, The Professional, with uh, the guy, I forget his name, John or something John like that. Reno. John Reno. John Reno. I, I, listen, let me fucking talk. Um, <laughs> Irritation. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's getting late. I'm going to have to go to bed soon. Angry anyway, uh, John Reno. God damn it, Shane. Just John Reno was uh, whenever he would go out and do his contracts, you see within like the first 20 minutes, he goes to his house or his apartment. He turns off the light. He puts his shades on. He just sits in a chair. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. He's just trying to desensitize, desensitize, right? It's kind of like Daredevil. He's got to, he's got to rejuvenate. Well, got to, I don't know about that. I think he just didn't have anything else to do. He didn't, he didn't really have a life. Oh, I know. I thought he was just trying to disconnect from everything. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> now we watch the movie. Now, what's he doing? What's he really doing? It's been a while since uh, I saw It's kind of a bummer of an ending. He almost made it out. Almost had it. Gary Oldman got his ass right in the back of the head. <laughs> what movie was that? The Professional. The professional. professional. You don't remember? It's about this Italian hitman, and he ends up killing this dude, and he has to take care of his daughter because his daughter was a victim left behind. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now I got it. So, all right. So this uh, this cop, this crooked cop, ends up killing this guy and his family because they wouldn't deliver him the cocaine that he wanted. And he didn't kill the daughter, which was Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman ends up going to her neighbor, which is John Reno. And John Reno is a fucking Italian hitman. And um, that he ends up taking care of her and teaches her how to be an assassin. I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, like I said, it's like an ending. Yeah, he almost did it. He almost got it. But that crime shit. doesn't pay. Well, you know, we have a fashion. Then wasn't there somebody? Wasn't there somebody? Hundreds of thousands of dollars in his bank account. That girl was able to live for and not ever have to work. Did she? Did he put her to school or she sent herself to school? I'm pretty sure she ended up becoming an assassin just like him. Think so? Yes, she was looking for work. Yeah, the child assassin. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't hire the child assassin? The perfect. You can't can't convict him if she gets caught. You know, she get out when she's 18. Did so. in, in that movie she killed the mayor of New York or something as a practice run? Well, I, she hit him with a BB gun, but I don't know if it killed him. Paintball. It was yeah. a paintball. Yeah, but it was a, a practice one, right? Like the good. He just yeah, he had like security guards around him and shit, and he was just running through a park. And he was somebody important. I don't know if he was the mayor for sure. But... Here, I met a guy like I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. Sir, you just got shot with something. You know, no, you're not all right. You know, <laughs> we're just doing our job that you pay us to do. That we failed you that. That, John, you ever seen that speech? Uh, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan had gotten shot, right? You remember that? Yes. So Ronald Reagan got shot. And then like after he got better, he, he was talking about uh, the Berlin Wall and he was giving this speech. And at the end of the, during the speech, somebody had a balloon and the balloon popped. And Ronald Reagan looks up and he says, you missed me. And he just kept right on going back to his speech. Like, he didn't flinch or anything. Shit. You know? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I've already been shot once. Fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to know that feeling. Because they said his friend got shot in the leg. And he just went limp. Just on the ground, limp. His body just, just died. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah. That's, that's deal about it. Because he said something about his friend lived with his brother. His brother was doing some shady shit. That someone answered the door. They shot at the door. And a bullet hit his leg. And he doesn't know why his whole body went limp. He just fell on the ground limp. That's it. Like he was dead. He hit his leg and he fucking died. <laughs> there could be could have been shock or anything. Could have had a nerve. Yeah. You never know. Well, I don't know how I don't know how I'll react to shit. I got shot. Somebody grazed my arm, bench fall over. Well, you're not shot. Well, fuck, I don't know, dude. Fucking thing got me, you know. There was an episode of Cops and it was a uh it was a, it was a they were responding to a shooting. And this guy, he was a a big old burly muscled black guy and he got shot in the gut and no he got shot in the chest and the cops show up and the guy's walking around in the yard and they're like sir you need to have a seat and he's like no fuck that shit i'm gonna kill that motherfucker and they're like sir you need to calm down he's like no fuck that and he's like pushing the cops away. and this guy's been shot like he's got a bullet when you see the blood coming out of him and he's so popped up on adrenaline like he's getting ready to go beat somebody's ass after getting shot <laughs> And uh, eventually, I guess it caught up to him, and he had to 
they had to get get him in the ambulance and all that. <laughs> he had to take a breather after a while. But for this, most of the episode, he's just sitting there yelling, getting ready to go kick some ass after he just got a bullet wound. Oh, no, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Back when uh, back when cops were good, they showed you everything. They didn't give a shit. They showed everything. Everything <laughs> that's going on. Cops is one of those shows that, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot out of it, but you're going to get entertained every time you see it. Like, it's oh, yeah. always consistent. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always interesting. It's never going to be groundbreaking. It's not going to change your life. But it's always there's something interesting happens, you know. But the problem is if you watch too much of it, you're going to be like, yeah, I've already seen this. This has happened before. The guy's going to have drugs on him or it's going to be a prostitute or, you know, it's just, Eventually, it becomes predictable after a while. Those were the best ones, Shane. Those were the best ones when the cops pretend to be hookers and they picked yeah. them up. That was the best ones. Because I was, was talking like- to this guy one time. He got in trouble because he got arrested for uh, for a prostitute for solicitation of prostitution. And I was talking. I was like, "What happened?" He's like, "Well, it was a setup." And I was like, "So, what kind of woman was it?" And he's like, "Well, it was a real pretty woman." I was like, "So the woman was attractive?" And he said, "Yeah." And I was like, "You should have known better." He was like. Yeah, I realize that now, because <laughs> uh, the hook. If you look on the mug shots of the Tarrant County, uh, the 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 women that are arrested for prostitution, uh, it, they are not America's top models. Like, like <laughs> this, they're this not even pretty, close. This is a pretty woman. You know, Roberts walking around. No, not anywhere near that. <laughs> this looks like the woman that's. Uh, you'll sometimes see her in Walmart, and she's got like three or four kids with her, and. Her, her clothes don't look very good, and her hair's all fucked up, and she's yelling all the time. That's usually what you see as the real uh, prostitutes. And the world keeps rolling. Yeah, unless they're like strippers, you know. That's different, though. That's usually involved with drugs. So, so. I, I my but remember Tom? No, no, you never, you never met my friend Tommy. He that was his thing. He he was at strip club so much that he had a table there. Oh, Tommy, your table's clear. And we're like, Tommy, you have a table? Well, I come here sometimes. They fucking know your name, Tommy. When, when strippers know your name, the bartenders know your name, you come in there way too fucking much, Tommy. Ah, it's all right, guys. And, you know. And, yeah. he, and he always liked dating strippers. Like, Tommy, why do you date strippers? Because they're strippers. That's not a quality woman, I think. You know, I'm going to be wrong. I'm just saying, you know. You're, you're basically... Paying money for somebody that's going to be rubbing up on somebody else. Yeah, and so I, I don't know, Tommy. You know, the best woman to bring home to mom. What are you going to tell your mom and dad? Oh, she's an entertainer. Entertainer, you know. <laughs> you know. Now, some of those strippers make good money. I mean, you know, it depends on the club and the, and the woman. Some of them do all right. I do know there's a strip club in Hollywood that uh, uh, who's that guy saying it's always screaming at folks? On uh, he was on the um, the singing one. Uh, the white guy, the British guy. Oh, Paul Simon. Yeah, I remember him. There's a strip club. He came out to apparently it's a, it's a high class strip club, high class. <laughs> you know, oh. like he was putting he was putting away his credit card. When he came walking out of that. They said, you know, it's a high class strip club. There ain't no, uh, you know, Tarrant County strip club. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't get to see any strip clubs on my little trip into Hollywood. <laughs> but if you would have though. They've been uh, well, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm usually the, the very frugal person when it comes to strip clubs. It's very rare that I spend a lot of money in there. It's just a waste of money. You yeah. work for an hour just to get someone for a two-minute dance or some shit? Yeah. I mean, what kind of economics is that, man? <laughs> you know, I'm looking at, you know, on average. I mean, yeah, I try to keep it cheap. I don't – I think the most I've ever spent, like, all together was, like, 200 and something. But that was – there was it was it was a couple of nights. It was across the – it was across two nights, and the, the, the biggest, the, the, the funny thing I ever saw was your bachelor party, when a guy that was on the balcony above us was so drunk he wasn't nowhere near the stage, but he didn't fucking know that because he was drunk. So he started just throwing <laughs> the money out, and saying was so drunk he's twirled around in the chair. He goes, "Thank you, Jesus," because money's raining, <laughs> money is raining down on Shane. The woods are raining, and we're like. What the? We're like, what the fuck is this? Shane just twirling his chair, going, "Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus." <laughs> like, I was like, "Oh boy!" Dollar bill. I remember I looked over to Daniel. Daniel said, "Only in America, boy." Yeah. 
And then the, the funny part was there were so many ones we bought the Santa lap dance. That's how many ones the guy was just, just throwing. <laughs> he didn't give us he just, he just throwing ones out. Just fucking throwing ones like, okay, this guy's wasted. What? Like I, I I can't remember the guys think if his friends said something to us or like, nah, it's our money now. I can't remember. I, well, I I, re- I remember like watching the waitresses walk by and like they saw once they realized what was happening, they started scrambling trying to get the money. But at the same time, y'all were scrambling too. Hell yeah, Shane. Free Shane, it rained money. Rain so it money. Like, it's like, you know, everybody just fleeing and scrambling to get the cash, you know. Yeah, it's a good time. So that guy must have thought he was closer than he thought he was to the stage. <laughs> like, what's he doing? Like at the at one point, who cares? He was making it rain. Making it rain on Shane. <laughs> just toilet around your chair. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad y'all uh, hauled me out of that um, thing when you did, because it would have been real bad if I'd have stayed in there. <laughs> yeah, real yeah. bad. I, I remember yeah. I saw a guy get thrown out of strip club one time. He, they literally had him, four guys. One had one had each limb. The lights came on like a fucking Fourth of July. The lights just came on. Both the doors swung open, and they just chunked his ass straight out, right on the concrete, hard as he could land. Wow. <laughs> They close the doors, turn the lights off. All right, guys, back to the party. You're like, fuck, that was like it hurt. Because <laughs> you got fucking chunked out of here. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that happened to uh, Jeff Combs. He got thrown out. For what? <laughs> what, what, what did he do? It was a long time ago. I can't remember what he did. I think he was running. He was drunk and started getting belligerent or something. And they just told him, you're out of here. Picked him and threw him out. <laughs> you're out of here. No, I'm not. Okay, <laughs> I, I've seen them escort guys out, but I've never seen them throw somebody like pick them up and throw them. But Jeffrey, oh, man, they, 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 <laughs> they chucked his ass out. Yeah, he was like, What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Lights came on, it was bright. Shane, when lights come on at strip club, they're fucking bright, like, yeah, runway bright. Like, you fucking see everything, it kills the mood real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's rough, man. So, rough way to make a living being a security guard at a strip club. <laughs> Dealing with drunk assholes all the time. That's got to be our friend. Uh, our friend Josh. He was a he was a security guard at a, at a bar, at really? a nightclub. Yeah, yeah, at a dance bar in Austin. Yeah, for how long? Uh, he did it uh, for a summer. He was a bouncer for a summer, but half the job was bouncing. The other half of it was cleaning the fucking tables at night. So. It was what it wasn't all prestigious like they make it out in like movies and shit. Like, I mean, yes, you have to throw people out. You have to get in their face and stuff and argue with them. But then at the end of the, your shift, you're cleaning the tables off, so it's not that great of a position. Mm. Not all it's cracked up to be is what I'm saying. And, and that sounds glamorous and dating hot uh, strippers or whatever waitresses that the movies but- make it out to be. Well, it also depends on the club. I mean, if it's a high end club and they got the money where they can they can pay for the real security guards, the real bouncers, the ones that got like certification, like they're they're licensed, you know, I, then those guys may you know it might be a little prestigious. But well, the the one the one strip club we went to, there's a guy that went in there and he bought. I guess he had a deal with the with the with the club. He would go in there, set up shop in there, you know. He put little mints out, his little colognes out. You know, all the little knickknacks out, you know. And uh, one guy walked through up to him. He gave him $5. Like, oh, you okay, thank you, sir. He brushed him up saying, oh, let's fix you up a little bit. Ah, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Fix his shirt up. He goes, now you're looking good, sir. All right. I go, all right. Give him a spray of cologne. Give him mint. I'm like, okay. <laughs> just him back like, what the fuck, man? Uh, <laughs> making sure everybody's good to go. I was just, just going to give you $2 just for handing me a paper towel. But, you know. I know five or ten dollars got me, you know. Oh, you want you wanted to get all sprinted up too? You wanted them to fix your hair and tuck you're your walking, shirt in? You're walking back out into a dark strip club. Like no one can see you, but no, let's fix you up, okay? All right. Make no fucking sense. So what you're saying is this this is and this, this is a guy who found a specialty and now he's maximizing his profit because he's he's figured something out and uh, it's working for him. Oh, you know, you know, he just played the guy's ego. Yeah, oh, Looking sharp, sir. Looking good. Looking good. You want a little? You want a little jail? No. Little, little clone. Got. I got Armani. I got uh, Deja Blue. You look this. Yeah, this like. There you go, sir. The one where we get the hands off you for twenty dollars. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> what do you do, man? You know. Yeah, I knew a guy that was in the strip club business, and uh, he always, I mean, he's he basically, I mean, he didn't have a bank account. Like, it was always cash. Like, he kept, like, $7,000 in cash, like, in his hotel room, and uh, you know, anything he did, he bought it with cash, and he was always getting into trouble because he never had any credit. And it, it was, you know, he'd have to go work at three or four different clubs to try to make money. And it was just a, it's just not a good way to live. Not, not a real unless if you're already making money doing something else like if you're a businessman or you got like a company and then you open up a club might make it work but if the club is your only way of making money you're gonna have to have a a couple of them before you can actually get any you know decent money um let's see i've i've met a um i've met a a candy uh a candy cane uh a sunshine uh, oh you know you remember that girl that used to babysit me and Brittany? Which one? Tina Welch. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh god, that's ain't Aaron. Yeah, we we all know. We all know where yeah, this we is. Know, we know. Yeah, we know. We, we know. we've all heard. No, but I saw her. <laughs> at the club? I saw her at the strip club. She was stripping. Oh. What'd you what'd you give her? What do you think I fucking gave her, man? <laughs> one dollar? One dollar? No. Twenty? No. Forty? No. Sixty bucks to give me a blowjob. <laughs> Damn it, boy! From Tina Welch. From the girl that used to baby. Oh yeah. Tina. You know what we used to call her when we were growing up. I don't think I want to, no. (laughs) We'd call her her Welch Pelch, and then we'd laugh at her. And, like, we wouldn't drink. When she drank from the water faucet, nobody would drink after her. And, like. (laughs) Contaminated. Everybody made fun of her. Nobody would get close to her. She'd be like, don't "Don't touch me. You got germs. I mean, it was bad. I mean, she was was a victim of bullying quite, quite a bit. Yeah, it was extensive, man. I mean, why the fuck you think she became a stripper? Their life wasn't perfect. <laughs> so, okay, Aaron, you're going to have to, you, you can't just, I mean, this is, we're ending the show on this, but no, so no, we, you're going to you're gonna have to tell the story the way you've told your other stories. So give us the scenario, start at the what beginning. Happened? Yeah. Tell us yeah, so, man, it's, it's that strip club that's out near Corsicana. Um, right. it used to be called Whispers, that's the name of it. Oh, my God. So. We, yeah, we had been drinking, and uh, it was me, David Lasseter, and some of David's friends. And, you know, David, the whole night was like watching this fucking uh, projector screen that had cartoon porn playing. It was really funny because it it wasn't like the, the Japanese cartoon porn. It was like just inappropriate cartoons where uh, these cartoon characters were looking at women getting naked and shit, and he kept on pointing to it. And I'm like, man, I don't want to see that shit. It's goofy as fuck, and I'm trying to do something serious in here. And anyway, uh, <laughs> he's a serious strip club. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some, some, some action. I hadn't had. When was this? This was years ago, and I hadn't had any play in a while. So I was just like, "Fuck it, man, we're going to the strip club. I'm going to get something. My dick is about to be dirty tonight. I don't care how it gets there." <laughs> uh, 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 and I, I didn't give a fuck, man. I was just in that mind frame. I, anyway. Um, so I go out with David and his, uh, girl, his baby's mom, Amelda Falk. They're not together anymore, but they they were together at the time. And, um, of course, David's smoking weed because David's been smoking weed for most of his life. And, uh, so he's already high, but he ain't drinking. I'm not smoking. I'm drinking. So I'm getting drunk and we're seeing all these girls that, and the whispers just did not have quality strippers, but what do you expect from Navarro County? Yeah. So I can only imagine. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested in any of these bitches that are walking around. And they're trying to, you know, talk to us. They're trying to get us to tip them. And, uh, you know, I'm not paying them any attention. I'm just drinking my drink. Uh, I was uh, still smoking cigarettes at the time, so I'm smoking a cigarette. And, um, you know, all these people start coming around. And and Tina just kind of walks up, and she ain't got no fucking shirt on. And I'm like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I said, hey, David, do you recognize her? And he said, uh, yeah. And it, it kind of seemed like either he knew or he wasn't surprised that she worked there. And that's what surprised me. Is that 
David saw this information in the process. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what the fuck am I seeing right now? And I, he's like, yeah, that's, that's Tina Wells, bro. And so I say, okay, so this is the girl that used to, you know, babysit me when we were little. It's like, yeah, I think she might have babysitted me too. I said, okay, this is happening. So she comes over and she starts talking to me. And I called her by her name. She's like, no, 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 you can't call me that. It's, uh, I don't know, like Paige or some weird shit. Anyway, we get to talking. And uh, I said, well, are you making any money tonight? She said, yeah, I'm making a little bit, but this place isn't really all that good. And I said, well, I don't want this to be awkward, but I'll, I'll, have, I'll pay you for a dance. She's like, oh, great. Yeah, come on. She just wanted some money. She didn't, it didn't bother her that she's known me since I was in fucking, you know, uh, superhero underwear. That didn't bother her. And so <laughs> we go back into a, into a room and it's not really a room. It's just like a section of whispers that's, you know, put <laughs> it's in it. It's not a room, it's a section. It's not a door or even a curtain. You just, you go back and hoping that you're at an angle that nobody can see what's going on in there. You know, you don't. You don't want to show, but you don't care if anyone sees it. Anyway, um, so she starts dancing on me. She can tell that I'm getting hard and shit because she's just rubbing her pussy right on my lip, or right on my fucking dick, right? She's rubbing her shit on my pants. You, no matter how unattracted you are to this woman, her putting her private parts on your private parts is going to evoke some sort of response. And she's like, oh, you're getting a little excited down there, buddy? And I said, uh, well, she said that? I said, call me buddy. That's, that's kind of strange for me. I actually don't like that. I didn't say that, though. I said, uh, well, I mean, what do you expect? And she said, well, let me show you what I can do. And so she starts undoing my pants. And I said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't have a lot of money. I'm not going to pay you like 100 bucks for this. She said, no, it's only 50. Well, I already paid you 10 for the lap dance. Can I just pay you 60? And she's like, uh, yeah, it'll be all right. And so she starts going to work. And uh, <laughs> I got to say, man. David, me. you negotiated. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn it, boy! Did you get yourself checked after that shit? <laughs> I hope you did. It was a man. Um, I, I was, you know, I was intoxicated, so I just, I just let it ride, and uh, I, I don't, I don't really remember all the details of that night, but I remember walking out of there, and David was fucking grinning like a goddamn idiot. He's just sitting there laughing his fucking ass off at me. Tina <laughs> Welch. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, well, and you, so could people see? Could people see you, Aaron? Uh, man, if they did, they didn't say anything. Tina Welch, man, god damn it, boy! <laughs> I knew what I was doing. It's rough. You learned. That's a rough learned, one. You learn something new every day, Shane. As soon, said, as soon as you said the club, we all knew who you were talking about. We all knew you were going to say Tina Wells. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Everybody knew. That's how bad her reputation, that's how notorious she is. Ah, she was all right, man. I don't know what people... BJ coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aaron paid money for it, too. <laughs> and paid. a satisfied customer. <laughs> do it again. You do it again. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Aaron. Would you do it for free? Like, Irby, would you date her? No. 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 Well, that's a good way to end the episode. And my brother's uh, sexual escapades. Oh, that's good. That's always good. Entertaining. good. Great ending, Kershaw. Great yeah, solid great. gold ending right there. Yep. Good that's stuff, gold. man. That's, that's podcast gold right there. But. Well, we're going to wrap this up. I encourage everybody to go see a, a doctor to make sure they don't have STDs after mm-hmm. listening to this. Because uh, <laughs> Tina's been germs have probably announcement. Yeah, Tina's germs have probably transmitted over the uh, airwaves here on the podcast. That's, <laughs> fucked, up. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked up, man. She she wasn't a dude, but she wasn't so like so atrocious that I couldn't you know touch her or nothing. You I'm don't sorry. remember her, they, her, they had an above ground pool, and they were the only game in town where you could go into a pool. And we were all in her pool swimming, and then she showed up. She said, "Hey, y'all can't swim in my pool unless I'm in there." And as soon as she jumped in the water, we all jumped out. I mean, every kid in the neighborhood jumped out of the fucking pool. <laughs> and Aaron, ten years later, gets a blowjob from her, <laughs> <laughs> and he paid for it. <laughs> I like that you. I like that transition you made, Jay, from the pool to 
got a good deal. <laughs> oh, God, man. That's rough, boy. It's rough. Good stuff. You know, it, it made me feel a little bit better about it that she didn't charge me a lot of money. That, or I'm sorry, that she didn't uh, charge me a low amount of money. Because, you know, right. when you get a, a $10 blowjob, you're like, man, that bitch must have been all kinds of infested. But the fact that I paid 60 I was like, eh, I can feel a little bit better about this now. I paid a good quality price for a quality product. Damn. There you go. <laughs> I wonder what she's up to these days. I don't think I want to know. Oh, yeah, probably not, boy. I'm still sucking dick. <laughs> man, I, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless, man. I'm just there you go. <laughs> I'm just picturing this girl that we knew growing up, and I knew she was a stripper. Like everybody knew, but I didn't know my brother was getting blowjobs. <laughs> I, I never knew she was a stripper, dude. And so we, when I found out, I mean, the, the idea popped into my head at first that this was going to happen. Like, I'm going to deal with. <laughs> She's working at a strip club, and I've known her, like, for years. I, I guess that's kind of like something for me that, that kind of gets to me is that I've, I've known this girl a long time. Let me see if I can bang her. <laughs> so, um, Sounds normal. Sounds normal. When when David reacted the way that he reacted, and he saw me looking at her, and he started smiling, I was like, "Oh yeah, he knows what's up." <laughs> I mean, just just that whole environment just kind of fed into the fantasy that I want this girl that used to be my babysitter to suck my dick. I don't care how nasty she is. Man, Excuse me. well, that porno dream, I guess that porno. Uh... It was something. Yeah. Now, is that the uh, just real before we end here? Was that the only time you've paid for some kind of service in that manner? Uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> later, I guess. Yeah, think about it. We'll, we'll talk about that next time. Well, on my end. Um, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Well, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Again, uh, check your penis for words, your general herpes, and uh, I hope everybody has a good night. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You have a good one.